This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.44 and we're moving on to trending today where it's a simple question. What else might appeal to tourists coming to our fair shores beyond food? Now, this comes from uh, Sham Hardy on X, who said uh, that they feel Malaysia should move forward from making local food the main part of our country's tourism agenda, suggesting instead to advertise other areas the country is good at, for instance, high-quality healthcare services and being the best place for digital nomads. So in other words, uh, healthcare tourism and digital Nomad tourism. I don't know. <laughs> well, remote working. Remote, remote working. working. Yeah. Well, I, I actually I love this story, um, this uh, suggestion because well, I think Penang actually has for a long time, even maybe Malacca, uh, kind of promoted their healthcare system, and so you can come and have a facelift and also have a holiday uh, and such, you know, in Penang. Uh, but uh, but the digital nomad one really interests me because it also is about. Uh, how do we? Who is it that we're going to attract? I mean, think Johor has so much potential because Johor can advertise to Singaporean digital nomads or those aspiring in Singapore who want uh, a garden, and you mm-hmm. can live in a different kind of way than you could in Singapore, but be quite a, close to Singapore. You know, you could earn money in Singapore but live in Malaysia. I mean, there are all kinds of possibilities that I think, like Bali, already embarked on. Right? Bali went from being that place where you went for culture and food and that thing to actually promoting themselves as a place for digital nomads and now you can get a five-year visa in Indonesia as a digital nomad? I'm very resistant. I'm not going to lie. Um, I I have a lot of issues with um, gentrification and overcrowding when it comes to tourism and actually I think that islands are particularly you know, uh, particularly worrisome on that front and I I... Well, Bali's huge. Yeah, it's I mean, huge, the, but does but is the distribution of people oh, in Bali, wow. <laughs> you know, huge and even, or is everybody in the same place and driving up the cost of food and you know? So I I recognize that I'm saying this from the point of view of somebody who doesn't run a business and therefore I don't benefit from this. I'm just fighting with people, <laughs> you know. So I I this is coming from a very selfish point of view. Um, I far be it for me to deny the the country income <laughs> based on tourism, based on healthcare tourism or digital nomads but I will say that from a purely selfish point of view I don't necessarily I'm not a fan of you know having people come and gentrify spaces okay so then how else will we get people to come and spend uh, money I mean we're not going to advertise our food or our, our diversity which often you know comes in the form of food sure uh, you know or maybe some cultural performance what else do we talk about we can talk about forests right we can uh, talk so about I'm a beaches. big fan of ecotourism I think that that could go a long way. Um, I recognize the the limitations, though, because um, because the thing about ecotourism is if you're going to do it right, then by nature you're also going to limit the amount of people who come. Are you not? So and then um, the price goes up. Correct. So if you're talking about scale and wanting people to be here, digital nomads, for instance, they'll be here for ages. You know, theoretically, you know, they can stay for like a month and at a stretch and you know go in I and come see back. Communes being set up in oh, all across Lord. Johor. I don't know why not. Oh, have people go to Moa or something. One of these nice, these small towns in Malaysia that actually actually do require an infusion on people because young Malaysians have left some of these small towns and abandoned them because there are no jobs there for them. What if digital nomads came, they spend money, refurb, you know, yes. 
rejuvenated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you bring money and you cru- and give life back to small towns. Admittedly, they'll all be speaking Singaporean, <laughs> as I said. You know, but you know what I mean? It still would be a, a lifeline for those small towns. I get it. I'm not contesting the logic. I'm merely, I'm merely contesting the uh, Malaysian user experience <laughs> of, of this. So if we look at what people are saying, um, Armo says, health tourism and attracting digital nomads have already been executed uh, just because it's not publicised because they don't know what to promote. Um, the Malaysian Healthcare Tourism Council has been involved in engaging with outsiders for healthcare. Uh, digital nomad is ongoing with MDEC. Um, we also have Tiada Charut who says Penang has indeed become a tourism centre. You were talking about this earlier based on healthcare. Uh, many Indonesians know and go to Penang for that. Yeah, so you, actually, if you go to Dumai uh, in uh, in uh, Sumatra, you will see billboards advertising Malacca as a healthcare destination. Mm. So yeah, so our neighbors know. And then the question is, you know, what else can we, you know, what else can we promote even to our regional neighbors? Right? What is it that Malaysia has that a Thailand doesn't have, or Indonesia doesn't have? Um, those countries are becoming wealthy. They have a middle class that wants something more. What is it that we can sell them that will make, uh, you know, that we benefit us as well. I think that's the challenge. That's an interesting question because um, this was always the danger, right, of of, um, tallest buildings in the world because at some point someone will overtake you. Uh, It's not something like the Great Wall or, you know, a long-standing monument or something, a historical space. We're a young country that people want to come and visit. So that's an interesting question. If you ask me what is the difference between how do you attract... um, someone to come here over Thailand or Indonesia and we're not talking about food and we're not talking about, say, you know, just cities and shopping and beaches. All those things are shared. It's a good question. Um, let us know. What else could we promote when it comes to tourism in Malaysia, aside from our food? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Best Flipping Moments, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, it is 5.54 and you are listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. And we're asking a couple of questions today. So local council elections, if you'd like to weigh in, please do. The other thing is, when we think about tourism in our country, we tend to go for food. It's the number one thing, right? We're always like, come and eat our food, eat our durian. But... Could we be thinking differently? What else could we promote? Um, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So to start off, uh, Winston says diversity and multicultural multiculturalism are our advantages, and I don't disagree. I mean, this is true. I don't know how to promote it on a touristic level, right? Outside of cultural shows and things like that. And if we're talking about wanting to attract, Sharat, that class of um, traveller that you were talking about, then maybe that's not enough. Yeah. So actually, you know, this is very interesting, Winston. Uh, interesting uh, that you mentioned this because I was at uh, this concert, um, the 
Tuareg um, musicians have a band called uh, Tina Riwen that came in 2017. They came back uh, last week, in fact. And something that Edin Koo from Pusaka, one of the co-sponsors of the thing, said, we need to get Malaysia, we want to, uh, Malaysia should become a cultural destination again. Yes. And that's an interesting idea. What does it mean to be a cultural destination where the most important bands come, creative people come, they need a stop in Kuala Lumpur or Penang or Johor Bahru or Kota Bahru or, I don't know, Kota Kinabalu or Kuching, whatever it is, that they think this is necessary. You know what I mean? I think that there has to be a vibrancy to the scene, right? In order for that feeling of um, the big names to pull you in firstly. So that's one version. The other version is I'd like to think of that sense of I believe when you travel, that sense of possibility is very important. That feeling that you could just go be in a space and experience so much because it's just that kind of cultural space. And I'm thinking here of a city like New York, which has that reputation of, you know, never sleeping. Um, it's also got Broadway. It's got the museum strip. It's got so many different things. And, and because of that, you have that feeling of, well, all I need to do is hurl myself into the city and, and I will experience culture, you know. And, and if we don't necessarily have that, I think it's difficult. We've got a couple of interesting points coming through um, that we're going to cycle through very quickly. Naomi says, uh, controversial opinion, but the legislation of cannabis having recently been to Bangkok. The legalization. Sorry? Did the, I say did no, I say yeah, something? But actually, different? yeah, she says le- like legalization. Yeah. yeah. Um, having recently been to Bangkok, I saw and heard firsthand accounts about how much it's helped not just their economy and tourism, but the people. Imagine how it could transform the Malaysian landscape: large-scale, individually owned farms, supplying vendors from the beaches of Trating to the streets of Bangsa. Now, I mean, I like the way your mind works, <laughs> and I, you know, this is. Uh, yeah, I know it's controversial. It sounds like we're peddling drugs or something, but I think the idea is that um, if you could you'd say. Say your target market is artists. You want to create a city that is open <laughs> yes, and friendly yes. and yeah. where creativity can blossom. Well, this is something we spoke about, I think, early on when it was revealed that Thailand was going to beat everybody to the punch, right? And, and what mm. it was, they were going to benefit from that. Munif says, how about being the only paleo tourism driver in the Southeast Asian region? We have a freaking spinosaurid and ornithician discovered in Pahang. You establish a dino or paleo info center deep in the jungles that also doubles as a forest preservation awareness center. The jungle journey alone will leave a lasting impression on tourists like going to a real lost world and then they get rewarded with real fossils and accurate replications within a state-of-the-art facility in a natural setting that makes you suspect that dinos still roam. It will also boost the reputation of our academic institutions as a team from UM made the groundbreaking discovery to begin with. Come on, people! I love this idea, actually. Um, and, you know, our in the peninsula, at least, our forest is one of the oldest in the world. And so why don't we parlay that into a particular kind of, as a subset of eco-terrorism that you talked about? This is wonderful. I would go... Every weekend. <laughs> I mean, it's a great idea. Um, LH says, we can promote our rainforest. Our very own Tamanagara is one of the oldest, if not the oldest rainforest in the world. There it is. Uh, in Taiwan, they even promote Aboriginal culture. They bring tourists to villages to experience their lifestyle. We have very good beaches in our East Coast states, Penang and Sabah. Westerners love it. Snorkeling, scuba diving. We're known for our diving spots. So much to see. What about Nia Caves in Sarawak? Or what about the Jelapang Padi in Kedah and Sekinchan? Absolutely, too, but I would say we need to f- focus on our Asian neighbors as well. They are wealthy, they want to come, and they have money, and why not, right? So uh, promote uh, Lamba Bujang uh, in Kedah to Indian tourists and say, well, this is, you know, an example of ancient uh, Hindu-Buddhist culture. Come and experience it.
We are unfortunately out of time, just as we're getting a lot of suggestions. But um, thank you, everybody. I would say hold those thoughts, but actually just keep them coming because we do read them. Um, and after the news today, we've got a repeat about whether or not degrees are still worth it. You're listening to the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.